Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Roll for Enterprise, a podcast about everything that's new in enterprise IT. Hosted by me, Dominic Wellington, together with Zach Zelakakis and Mike Ayanero. And this week, we're joined by a couple of very special guests uh, from Presidio. So we have John Hanlon and Stephen Palmisi, who are the Chief Revenue Officer and the Chief Information Officer, respectively. Gentlemen, why don't you introduce yourselves? John, go ahead. Uh, hello, my name is John Hanlon, and uh, I'm the CRO at Presidio. And uh, I thought I'd give a little bit of a background on who I am. I'm a 30-year-plus IT veteran in, in this industry, and I uh, spent almost 10 years at a company called Parametric Technology Software Company out of Waltham, Massachusetts. And then 20 years at a little-known storage company called EMC, and was a part of an acquisition from a company called Dell, and have been at Presidio uh, for really the last six months, and just really excited to be here, and hopefully we'll talk about that today. Fantastic. And Steve, you're the CIO at Presidio, is that right? That is correct. I've been the CIO for about seven months now, and uh, prior to that, I, I run managed services for Presidio as well. I've been doing that for about four and a half years. Prior to that, I ran infrastructure for Computer Associates for 20-some years, and I was a Presidio customer for 15 years. So uh, the transition's been good. Life is great, and uh, I look forward to chatting. Yeah, that's always the best transition, right, when you go from a customer to an enthusiast. Uh, so, John, maybe you would be best placed to give us a quick elevator pitch on Presidio's business uh, for our listeners' benefit. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I think if most people, if you ask them who, what is or who is Presidio, and they'd say, well, they're a pretty good Cisco reseller, and that's a fair comment, but we're a lot more than that. And we're actually, we're a $3 billion corporation, a half a billion dollars revenue in cybersecurity. So a big focus on security. As Steve mentioned, we're a couple hundred million dollars revenue in managed services. That's a big focus as we go forward. But our main focus is really around modernization, modernization of the infrastructure, modernization of the app development platform, and really helping companies enable their, their transformation, not just on-prem, but to the cloud. And we recently made an acquisition of a company called Coda that really is now our IP in that story, or our tip in the sword, which gives us the capability to actually help companies define which workloads uh, should move to the cloud, why they should, should move to the cloud, why they should move to the cloud. More importantly, what changes need to happen to those applications so they'll be effective, whether at Amazon, Azure, or, or VMC on Amazon, as an example. And I think a big part of our challenge and our opportunities we go forward is really transforming and transitioning the CIO to the CBO. And people ask me, what is that? I go, the reality is you're no longer going to be the individual that delivers information technology. You're going to be the chief broker of the workload and really transitioning from a technology provider to really providing operations, the right workload and right application at the right SLA at the right time. So there's a lot in that. There's, there's, there's a workforce transformation conversation. There's obviously security at the edge, security within the cloud, there's the cloud enablement itself. And, uh, you know, really look at it as uh, the managed service opportunities that kind of our wrapper to kind of help you make that transition. You know, Steve and I talk a lot about it. You know, in the day, infrastructure, we know it is going to look a lot different. People don't want to spend their money and energy and time on those skills. They want to have more data scientists and more DevOps individuals. And I think we can help really enable companies make that transformation uh, from workforce transformation to modernization, to cloud enablement, and to uh, managed services. The one market that we are emerging or spending more time and energy around is a term called RPA, 
which to me is really kind of workforce automation, robotic process automation. Not to oversimplify, but to me, it's very similar to what VMware did. You know, VMware consolidated server environment. You basically had 10 servers, now you have two, and that's really what uh, RPA does. When you had 10 people running a workflow process, now you have two or three, and it really allows you to optimize uh, your uh, workforce today and have invest in the appropriate skill sets to scale and grow your business. So hopefully that won't be too long or too verbose, but uh, let's try uh, That's us in a nutshell. Yeah, that's a fantastic intro. And it touches on a number of topics that we also talk about on the podcast. So a big one is that transformation, as you said, from as focusing on delivering IT, delivering technology, to being a broker and to delivering more advice and consulting to the line of business. Um, and that's something that's driven a lot by change, both the change in the requirements in the requirements of your customer organizations, but also the technological changes that, that go around that. So Steve, how have you seen uh, that transformation play out in your years in the industry? <laughs> the ever-changing industry. Um, it's been accelerated. The, the only constant has changed, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, it's been accelerated the last several months. Uh, COVID has really accelerated um, the move to the cloud, the transition to the cloud, which is why the Coda acquisition was so timely for us, because they specialize in taking brick and mortar applications and migrating them to the cloud. And then we can manage those applications for customers. And we're seeing a very big push for people to move to the cloud. They've finally realized that the brick and mortar data centers, they're not necessary anymore. People are working remotely, working successfully remotely, and um, the business needs to catch up and, and, and understand what that means for the workforce. So, uh, you know, I've seen it accelerate over the past, you know, seven months or so with our customers. You know, Stephen, that's an interesting perspective because you said like, all right, we're moving these brick and mortar applications to the cloud and, and transforming them. I, I, I see so many, so many companies, so many practitioners out there that just try to move the workload straight. We spoke about like the changing workforce. Uh, how many customers do you see that just want to just push everything to the cloud and, and not ready from a workforce, from a, a strategy perspective to make that happen? Too many, too many prior to Coda that just kind of said, hey, we're going to have this, you know, cloud first strategy and didn't really plan it out well. And then they, they saw some really increases in costs. They didn't have the right um, personnel. And then, you know, they, they come to Presidio and say, please help, you know, because they, they've really seen their costs increase and, they, and they're not able to support the, the things that they've moved or, or the applications aren't working in, in the cloud. Not every application is made for the cloud, as you know. So if you don't do some careful planning, you, you can really hurt yourself. So true and not an easy place for them to go. John, if you look at it, I mean, what are you hearing most of from from customers and businesses these days? I mean, what's what's like the one or two top of mind things that you hear from them? Yeah, um, you know, I was about to jump on the mic here because I was kind of getting a little bit excited. I was on a customer call the other day and, uh, you know, Steve just said it. And uh, long story short, the initial part or initial the genesis of the call was around a managed services opportunity. And I asked the uh, CIO, I said, well, what else is going on? He goes, what else is going on? Are you kidding me? I said, can you expand on that? He goes, uh, one, uh, March, on March 1st, I had 500 people working from home. Uh, on March 7th, I had 5,000 people working from home. I said, what did you do? I bought a bunch of PCs and connected the VPN. And I'm praying right now the infrastructure holds up. More importantly, 
very concerned about my security on the edge. All right, I'm completely exposed. Uh, number two, the uh, CEO has asked me to reduce my staff by 25 to 30%. And, uh, you know, that's a challenge within itself. And that's really why I'm on the call with you today, because if we're going to eliminate resources, I'm not going to get rid of my DevOps and data scientists. I'm going to probably remove my infrastructure people and want to know how you can help me out. And you know, on top of that, the, CIO, the CEO has asked me to accelerate the adoption of the cloud. And, and historically, and, and I quote Steve Palmisi, I have a cloud first strategy. And that frankly was just to keep the CEO off my back. I, now I actually have to have a cloud strategy because frankly, I don't know which applications workloads are best suited on which cloud. And I need some company need to come in and help me optimize that and help me rationalize that conversation, right? And then as I move workloads into the cloud, do I have the right security? I know I don't have the right skill set on-prem to make those decisions. And so the change we've witnessed in the last five years have been, I call it down speed. Now it's light speed and I need a lot of help and I need a real, I call it unique systems integrated that has the skill sets that can help me make that transition. And then he asked me, he goes, when you do move to the cloud, what is the biggest challenge? And I, and I said, well, from experience, what we've seen is, and, I'll, and I'm going to give you a reference from a software company that made a complete lift and shift to Amazon, half on VMC and Amazon, half on Amazon native. And uh, we kind of sat down and we did a, like a, a look back and go, what was the biggest obstacle? He goes, we underestimated the network. He said, unwinding that conductivity and making sure you're the right security when you transition to the cloud we didn't understand the impact of that. You know, a lot of the manufacturers just said, oh, you just buy this migration tool. It is not that simple. And that kind of dovetails into kind of why Presidio. That's our genesis. That's our core expertise is the network. And I think that's what sets us apart. As Steve mentioned, now we have the Coda acquisition. So we have the knowledge, I call it, on the public cloud, the knowledge on the data center. And when you bring those two together, it makes us fairly powerful, more importantly, knowledgeable, to assist companies to make this transformation. So we're really excited about our opportunity and, and we're really excited to help customers out. John, that's that's a great point you made. I, I can tell you right now that we can't tell customers to transform everything. And you bring up a good point because about 80% of the architecture is legacy. So uh, it sounds as though Presidio is able to connect that legacy with this new world, uh, if, if I'm hearing you right, which is really a, a differentiator. Um, and you're trying to go about, it's how you go about it, not trying to solve something you don't understand, which I think is great. And, you know, I'm just curious for you from your point, Stephen, is are you seeing customers that are uh, struggling with their legacy and how to connect it to this new world? And is this really what John was talking about, something that you feel differentiates you from the from the crowd? Yeah, I do. I do. I see a lot of customers that don't know how to get there with their legacy apps. <laughs> their legacy apps are on, on life support as it is. Um, so, and that's what makes Coda so, so valuable to us is they can come in, evaluate the app and, and rewrite the app and, and put it and make it cloud ready. Um, to, you know, that's the simplest way to put it, um, which really helps them out. Um, you know, the, the, the hardware that everybody's running on these days in the data center is getting more and more expensive. It's much easier to just shift it to the cloud, but you have to do it in a, in a thoughtful manner, you know? And, and John brings up the security thing. I, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we're going to talk about security, but that is, that's huge. It, it's absolutely huge. Um, and security is everybody's job. It's not the CISO anymore. Yeah, it's John. I, I just want to pull on a thread that Steve, that Steve commented on. 
So when we acquired Coda, we picked up an incredible executive leadership team and uh, there's a gentleman named Dave Andrade. And I asked Dave, I said, Dave, there was a metric out there from Goldman about a year and a half ago that said 93% of the CIO surveyed are repatriating workloads. They're bringing them back on prep. Why is that? He goes, because they didn't redesign the application. So we like to call it cloud native. So if you just do a lift and shift into Amazon, it's not going to be a good experience. It's going to it's going to be expensive. And you're not going to get the performance. And that's where we come in and help companies readdress, redesign those applications, right? So they do become productive. And that's, you know, it's a huge advantage. He said, so you're going to see as companies get more expertise around that cloud native story. And obviously it's a, it's a niche today that we have that uh, it's going to, you're going to see the acceleration and readoption of of the public cloud. And right now, Amazon's come to us and they've said 70% of the enterprise cloud workloads are still on-prem. And really their stated goal is to get those off-prem. And that's really what we're here to do is get in the middle and help us with that. And I'm understanding the infrastructure side and the, and the cloud native story. Agreed. I was seeing exactly the same thing. As it happens, I was leading a digital boardroom uh, just yesterday with a bunch of European CIOs and CTOs. And that exact point came up. There's a whole bunch of cloud spend is misspent because people just did the lift and shift. They tried to treat the cloud as just another form of, of servers, effectively. And turns out that's not the way to get the benefits from cloud. The way you get the benefits is you take advantage of the unique characteristics of the cloud, but you may not have the skills in-house if you have people who've spent decades and entire career working in a different mode and they just have different reflexes and the same goes for security if your security reflex is reinforce the perimeter and then once you're inside the firewall everything's fine everything's wide open that's a model that won't work in cloud because there is no perimeter anymore everything's outside the perimeter perimeter has completely changed how are you having those discussions with uh, with businesses i mean on that perimeter change because i mean from a security aspect it's it's night and day from where it used to be. I mean, same thing with uh, with the app folks, right? Looking at cloud and cloud first. I mean, the security security has taken on a, a really different role here. It's a very hard conversation to get application people, legacy application people, to understand that they now need to secure their application and that there is no perimeter. They're so used to saying, hey, that's an infrastructure problem. You know, and, and that's not the case anymore. It, it, it's just not. And, and you have to hit that that point head on. Otherwise, you, you, they're just going to have problems. And, and it's not good problems either. You, you know, so you have to have that hard conversation and talk through what's your security posture? How do you educate your staff? How do you educate your entire corporation on what security is and how to secure everything? You know, yeah, that's how you stay off the front page news. It's a renewed focus on operations. That's really what it sounds like. It certainly is. And, and, and people, you know, when you have these conversations, they think, oh, you're just, you know, you're, you're just trying to make make a sale here on ops. But that's not true. I mean, ops is um, is very, very important in keeping off the front page. And that's exactly what I strive for. They say the failure rate for digital transformation is as high as 84 percent, which <laughs> infers success rate is 16 percent. And I, I think we're touching on on some of those concerns and some of the failures and uh you know, that we see and why. So, uh, Mike, I'm curious. I mean, do you want to add anything from an operational side, from the customer side? Well, you know, everybody, you know how they say like security is becoming a bit of everybody's job. I think operations is is a bit in the same way, becoming a bit of everybody's job. 
just in the way the environments are evolving. At least that's the way I feel. That's the way I'm starting to see it. Right. And, you know, I'm like, I'm on the practitioner side. I mean, when I, when I see it, I mean, my biggest worry sometimes is the, you know, proliferation of like cloud services, right? Somebody just spins up something. Um, and then you have it like all over an organization. Do you guys get into any situations where companies have just gone like haywire and like there's <laughs> there's like a governance issue within the company of like what they've deployed, what they've used? How do you roll that back? How do you even begin to think about that? I mean, that's that's really a hard part in, in, in some people and why they've been so close to cloud, to be honest. Oh, my God. When, when we go into a customer and we say, do you know how many, you know, cloud instances you have out there they're like yeah sure I, we know and um because we get a bill every month and and you're like you, you get a bill in one place but you, all those corporate credit cards and people that have spun things up and when we go out there and do discoveries cios are amazed at how much stuff they actually have on the internet that didn't go through the process they thought it went through you know um and then they start to wonder well, what kind of data is out there how's it protected i mean these are some tough conversations with customers that think they know what they have out there, and then they find out very quickly that they don't. Are you finding that the business is stepping out of the shadow? It sounds like that, and and which makes this much more complicated. So, you probably need services to come in and try to unravel that. It's probably a uh, probably grown exponentially uh, complicated. Or or what are you seeing from the sh- quote unquote shadow IT? Shadow IT is alive and well, and we all know that. I mean, Mike probably knows it better than I do. You know, if if finance or HR or marketing or somebody can't get things fast enough from internal IT, now they got their corporate card, they just go spin up an instance, hire a consultant, and bing, bam, boom, it's out there, Um, unbeknownst to the CIO. You know, I I share a quick story with you. It's a little bit on on the older side, but, you know, it ties into uh, shadow IT, which I like called virtual shadow IT. And I was with the customer and, and he said, uh, and I asked him point blank, do you have a problem here with shadow IT? And he said, a problem? He goes, I have uh, 5,000 developers and I have over 50,000 virtual machines running right now. He goes, he said to me, uh, uh, quote unquote, Amazon is heroin for developers. And uh, he said, you know, they don't understand that they can just spin up these machines and what happens. And it's like a little kid not shutting off the lights in the house. Now, they've obviously, Amazon's got capabilities and metering tools, but a lot of companies don't really understand what they need to do to configure an architect within Amazon to minimize that exposure. And that's obviously an area that we come in and help out, help out with. But it's, it's alive and well. Definitely. And that's a cultural transition as well, because in the early days of the cloud, certainly the reflex many companies had was to integrate the cloud request into their usual ITSM, IT service request management uh, process. And that's exactly the sort of thing that the developers were trying to get away from to work around. They interpret IT as damage and route around it, as the old saying goes. And that's where the opportunity, the big opportunity for IT, for ops, these days is, in my opinion, is to become that trusted advisor to say, look, there are all these options out there. There are internal options, there are external options. Let me walk you through them and show you, look, this one's not going to work for you because performance, because security, because compliance. Uh, This other option is looking much better. Uh, Let's work through your requirement, your use case, your situation, and get to something that will deliver what you need. And that's why I get so frustrated when people talk about no ops 
uh, but they're talking about the old style of ops, hands-on keyboard ops, and that was never the value, but it was just the bit that people saw. Well, you know, I started a campaign back in August, Day Zero Ops, that's starting to take off, and I really believe in Day Zero Ops. I think operations started Day Zero, and we're all starting to say that here. The notion of Day Two is just irrelevant, but uh, maybe not no ops, but perhaps we need to start thinking about it, or we must think about it at Day Zero. Um, I'd like your thoughts, both John or Stephen. Yeah, I don't disagree. You're, you're right. I mean, yesterday's ops is, is, is long gone. Um, and I see a lot of our customers struggling through that transition process. Um, it, it just, you know, it, it's foreign to them. I mean, all of us are used to IT moving quickly, but I don't know that any of us in our career has seen the rapid change that we've seen over the last nine to 10 months. It's really interesting. We we spoke with the analyst uh, from you know Gartner to IDC to you know 451 and Forrester, and it's one of those things where the, each of them said, you know, it's one of your you know forehand, uh, your hand on your forehead, where you just say, well, you know what, that that starts starts to make sense. You know, we we like that. So, um, in just listening to everyone talk here, especially yourself, Stephen, and both in uh, you as well, John, that uh, seems that this operational challenge has to be addressed earlier. That's that's why I brought that up. Absolutely. Absolutely. People need to face it head on. But, you know, I don't even know if a lot of the CIOs understand that they have that problem. You know, do you think they've figured that out yet? You know, for, from my perspective, have they figured it out yet? I think they're starting to. And, you know, it's a hard pivot to make, right? If Because I think it all comes down to, like, your workforce hasn't adapted. You know, they always say, like, hey, stay ahead, stay ahead of the game. and But the game has changed so much that, you know, the, the paths they've been going under for going over for like education and to, to upscale, it's it's totally different these days. And I think what you're seeing is like a, a serious maturity level increase in IT. And we're seeing some business people who are fairly good at it who, and, and that's why the rise of shadow IT is is happening. Um, and and I don't think we should stop it, right? Don't 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 get me wrong, because some of those people on the business side, they they know what they want better than uh, than IT does. So it, it's a, it's a little tough in in that respect, I would say. You know, I just make a comment. You know, I was thinking about the ops. I mean, I think what you know, people talk about digital transformation. I'm going to try to make this simple. Really, what this is about is really about next generation product development. The world is being is being disrupted by software. So I think of Tesla. People don't buy Tesla because it's got the best engine. It's got the best software, right? And what companies are trying to struggle is how do I disrupt myself when then I manage this, all this legacy debt? And do I have the right skill sets? And Steve touched on it. And this is a really a skill set conversation. I love to talk about the data scientists because that role didn't exist five years ago. Now, but now it's number one sought after job in the data center. Number two is DevOps for RPA. RPA didn't really exist as a market until two or three years ago, right? So, you know, people need to invest in these skill sets to tra- make these transformation, right, to embrace this next generation product development. And it's a very different operating model. And if you don't have the right skill sets to make the transformation, right, you're going to be exposed. And that's why I'm so excited about our managed services offering, because as Steve and I talked about it with technologies out there on machine learning, IoT, we can do it, frankly, faster, better, cheaper remotely than they can do it on-prem. And you no know, end of the day, do you really want to do patching? Do you really want to do backup? you really want to manage a contact center? Probably not. Do you want to do DevOps, right? Do you want to disrupt yourself? Yeah, it's probably where you need to be pointed. So I think we can help with that conversation. More importantly, we can offload capabilities that really aren't relevant to your business. And that's the operational side 
that CIOs need to address. What do I need and what don't I need? And what's going to be competitive in the market? Yeah, and that was the early conversation with cloud. People said, oh, you can't move to the cloud. It's not secure because it's not, as we were saying, in the data center behind the firewall. And the counter to that was always, you don't think Amazon has the best security people in the business because they have the scale, they can go deep, they can dedicate themselves to one particular aspect for the <laughs> entire working day in a way that your internal overworked sysadmin who's trying to you know, reinstall somebody's printer uh, just doesn't have the, the time and energy and resources to do. And uh, so, yeah, that rings a lot of bells. Yeah. So what's, what's interesting to me, I, what I think I've seen, I would like your thoughts, Stephen, and you as well, John. Business transformation seems to be, since COVID, uh, more so than ever, leading or pulling through digital transformation. Recently, somebody had asked me in a meeting, you know, what is going on with digital transformation since, you know, COVID? What do you think? What are you seeing? And, and my thoughts, and I'd like your thoughts. You definitely talk to, uh, you know, a plethora of customers. But I feel as though from what I'm seeing is business transformation is leading the way, which is accelerating digital transformation. It's sound, I keep hearing RPA. Are you seeing a lot of businesses that are, you know, leading the way? And now there's not that there's no choice, but do you think that the digital transformation now it's time to, now it's time to put up, if you will. Absolutely. I'll comment on that first. It is, like, my analogy is this transformation was going at the speed of sound, and now it's going at the speed of light. And, and the pressure on, on the CIO and the business to change, I've never seen it. And people realize that if we don't disrupt ourselves, right, somebody else will be. So, you know, the answer to your question, yes, I've definitely seen a difference within our customer environment. Yeah, our customers are trying to figure out how to reduce their overhead, you know, and, and become more efficient. So that that becomes leads into that conversation um, of how to automate and, and, and how to do those types of things um, more efficiently. Yeah. You know, it's as simple as that. And, and I think Mike touched on it, you know, about shadow IT. I, I mean, Mike, I'm not trying to kill shadow IT at all. I think shadow IT is great. It does need to be managed, though. You know, you need to put some boundaries around those folks, as you're well aware. Because um, you do get some really great ideas out of the, the some of the up and coming smart business people, you know. So uh, there's a lot of value yeah. there. Yeah, what I say is like open a, open the doors to them, give them the rails, let them run with it. And I think what you'd come out with is some pretty interesting, um, you know, some interesting progress in like product development and, you know, depending what, what your, your company's mission is, but it will change the perspective completely. Uh, because I think, you know, if, if I look at like the new workforce coming in, everybody's got a bit of technology edge to them now. And as that new workforce starts to come in, you know, if you give them the tools and open it up instead of them using their own credit cards to, to purchase services, uh, all of a sudden you get uh, a lot of use. And I mean, one of the things I also see some companies do is they're starting like training programs within IT where they're hiring trainers to to train this workforce. So I, I see a lot of that happening, too. And I and I think, you know, uh, this is where kind of IT uh, gets their power. One of the things that I like to uh, to hear here, like, so Stephen, you said that you're the CIO and you're running managed services. So I kind of love that, like, hey, we're eating our own dog food type of mentality. Exactly. But, but, but I guess there's two sides that you 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 have to play, right? You have to step on one side and the other side. What, what's the biggest challenge there? Because I I see it as uh, you know, it's it's kind of good, but it's uh, at the same time a bit of a balancing act. I I would imagine uh, from my side. Yeah, I'm like a circus clown. I'm just keeping the balls in the air. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the best job definition of IT? Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It is. But but you know what, Mike? Though here here was my challenge. You know, because I was a customer, and the first thing I would always ask a vendor is, you know, are you using your product? Are you using your service? And for us not to be using our own managed service, I didn't think was a very good story. Um, so so that's why we went in that direction. Now, now, don't get me wrong. You're absolutely right. You have, you know, critical customer issues every day. And if you have a critical internal, you know, issue, what do you do first? I do keep a small set of dedicated staff that, that takes care of the internal stuff in the event that that happens. But we've been able to greatly reduce what we do and become more efficient because we do uh, drink our own champagne, if you don't mind me using that one, as opposed to the dog food. Um, and, and it's really helped our customer because we are customer zero. All right. So we get to try out and, you know, do things before it gets out into the customer. So we get to cook those things and make sure that we've got those processes down pat and they work for us. I mean, it's a challenge. Every day is a challenge. Let's be honest, guys. Um, but um, I think it's more important and I think it's more credible that we're able to tell our customers, yeah, we do this ourselves. This is how we do it. This is how we've had some challenges and this is what works for us. You know, as John said, we're a $3 billion company. We're, we're fairly large, so we cover a lot of space. That's fantastic. Okay. As we start to wrap up, since we're at the half hour mark now, and one last question from my side. How have you seen this change in the context of COVID? Uh, so let me add a little bit of color around where I'm coming from. One of the things that we've seen at, at my employer at MongoDB is we saw this transition. There was a first phase that was very much sprint mode. And as you were describing, John, buy a bunch of laptops, get them connected to the VPN, et cetera. Um, and a lot of projects that were small, that were isolated, uh, actually got an acceleration in that early phase because they could move independently of the command and control from uh, the central corporate infrastructure. But then the healthy companies, at least, transitioned from sprint mode to marathon mode. They realized, wait, this is not going to be over in a couple of weeks. This is something we're going to have to plan for over medium to long term. And they changed the way they were looking at projects, uh, at which projects they were working on, how they were working on them. Have you seen anything along those lines? Um, either of you, Stephen or John? Yeah, uh, it's funny. I have a one-on-one -on -one with this uh, individual uh, every Friday, and uh, I just wrapped up with him before I jumped on the podcast. And uh, his name's Rob Kim. He runs our cloud practice business. And, you know, and I said, so, Rob, how's it going? I am overwhelmed. I need more people. I can't keep up with the demand. And, uh, you know, especially with the Coda acquisition, everybody wants to talk about how do I move to the cloud? Right. How do I accelerate it? And uh, so it's exciting times for us and kind of ties into why I came to Presidio. I was with a great company, great, great company in the hardware industry. But frankly, you're really not relevant. And I want to be relevant in this marketplace. And if you're not talking about modernization, DevOps and cloud migration, you're not going to be relevant. And if I do put a, a quick commercial in for Presidio, why Presidio? I interviewed a young man the other day, and he actually gave me my value prop. And I said, why are you here? 15 years of infrastructure. Now you have the number one influence partner for Amazon. Why'd you want, why would you kind of want to work at, at, at Presidio? He said, because what I've learned, you need to understand both sides of the problem. You need to understand the infrastructure, the migration, and the redevelopment of the application itself. And if you can put that all together, you have an incredible story. 
right? And I think that makes us uniquely positioned. So I'm sorry to put the commercial in there about Presidio, but, but I had to, but I, I'm pretty excited about it. And times are changing because they're just changing faster and customers need a lot of help. And I think, to, you know, I call it being a boutique uh, systems integrator that can hire the right people, make the right changes and move quicker to help companies adopt and move and transform these changes is pretty exciting. We actually had a discussion yesterday about how hardware is slowly, slowly becoming more and more legacy. And th those legacy businesses have have a place, right? Let's not say that. But hardware is starting to become a bit of, of legacy as everybody's uh, going to the cloud. And and that, I think, is, is, yeah, good, but problematic at the same time. And you're right. You've got to be on both sides of it. So Definitely true. Okay, so thank you so much to the two of you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, for our listeners, if you want to know more about Presidio, you can find them at presidio.com or on Twitter at Presidio, nice and simple. That's P-R-E-S-I-D-I-O. As for the podcast, you can find us at rollforenterprise.com or on Twitter, roll4enterprise. And please do send us your suggestions for topics or for guests for future episodes. We always love hearing from our listeners. But thank you once again to Stephen and John from Presidio. Thank and you. We will be talking to our listeners next week. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, John. I yeah, really thanks. appreciate it. Thank, thank you, guys. That was, a lot of, thank you. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And hopefully, uh, 